everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. So here's the thing. Jared Platt is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world to converse with. This conversation is from WPPI 2020 last February, before the world became whatever it is right now. We talk about the process of improvement, among some other very important things. Take a moment and listen as Jared shares his wisdom and experience. I think you'll be very glad you did. My, my son is really interested in cars, and, uh, and he's, he, he's had this dream that he wants to be a professional baseball player. Okay. And I don't think that's going to be his thing. You don't think he's going to be a diamondback? No. I think he likes baseball. Okay. But how old is he? Tell me. He's he's uh, thirteen. See, he's right there in the sweet spot of where that's still in his mind. Right in a, his mind, a it's like that's potential a potential reality. It is. And I remember thinking I wanted to be a pro golfer. Oh yeah. You know. Right. But but anyway, so I've been trying to give him other options just in case that dream doesn't come true. And uh, <laughs> let him savor it for a little <laughs> bit. I, I'm not trying like, to like. Squash is dreaming of like brochures I'm, for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting other things on the table, you know. What do you think about archaeology? That's kind of a nice yeah. field. Being Indiana Jones or something. That's, <laughs> it's anything. That's about as possible as pro baseball player. But, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'm a cynic about it. But a little bit. But I but I've been giving him other options, and he really likes cars, and I, and he's actually also very good at math and stuff like uh-huh. that. And I said, you know, there's a job where all you do is design the ergonomics of a car. Mm-hmm. You know, how far do you reach for this and where do you place this and how do you design the, you know, the dashboard so that it's better seen and and he's like, "Ooh, that sounds really interesting." So maybe my son will be in ergonomics like So you know, he likes cars, but then you would also have to be interested in ergonomics. I think he is. Yeah. Especially least, when it has to do with cars. If it has to do with cars. Right. I think if it was ergonomics for like office supplies, <laughs> He might not be interested. Not so much. Right? So, but who knows? Well, here we are again for talk three together. Yes. And I, your, (laughs) your topic is everybody used to suck once. Once. Back at some point. At, At some point, everybody was terrible. Everybody was terrible. Even like Mick Jagger. You but know, was he? At some point, he couldn't play and he couldn't sing. Well, now, he might not be able to sing anyway, but, but I mean, that's, <laughs> that's arguable. arguable. <laughs> but, but like anybody that you look at, no matter who it is, mm-hmm. they sucked at some point. They sucked at something. Like, have you ever seen those films that M. Night Shyamalan made when he was a kid? Well, they're hilarious. I've seen like clips and stuff of, of lots of people when they were a kid. Are you, you're going back to like kid? Like, well, it's just, you only have to go back a certain amount. Well, you ever, you have to go back a certain amount for everybody. But if you, everyone, when they were a kid, you know, or at least if you're going to use that logic when they were a baby or an infant. Well, no, but, but everybody used to suck at a point they thought they were good. Okay. Now that's helpful. Gotcha. Because, yeah, of course, if I just go find some random person on the street and give them a camera and they've never used a camera mm-hmm. before, they're probably going to suck at it. But when they thought they were good, that's an important piece yeah. for my mind so, right now. So everybody has a point at which they think they're good at something. But they're not. And they're willing to go out there and say they're good at it, Even, but they're not. Yeah. Okay. And think how many people, like right now you have, I don't know how many thousands of photographers you have at WPPI running around. Right. And all of these people have spent money to come to Las Vegas right. to learn more about an art that they think they're good at. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, they have enough wisdom to realize that they should learn some more. Right. Right. But there's a lot of people who think I'm, I'm actually good at this. But they actually suck. 
They really do. Okay. You know? And and the thing is, is I'm not afraid to throw the shade, man. No. I'm not afraid to bring down fire and brimstone on, yeah. on these poor people. Hopefully this will be your most controversial. Will, yeah, that's what yet. we want. That's what we're looking I'm for. I'm just trying to push the envelope. Well, unpack it a little bit. Ex- expand on it a little bit. I mean, I'm, well, what I'm okay. trying to do is get you to soften the edges a little bit or I don't something. Need, I'm I not going to soften the edges for I you, I know man. it, but I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the thing. When I was a kid and I was writing music, I started writing music when I was in high school. And I thought I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Right? Even, even if you just compare me to other high school students, like don't compare me to Mick Jagger, just compare, compare me to other high school kids that are making music and writing and singing and whatever. Okay. And I thought I was good at it, but I really actually sucked at it. I wasn't any good at it, but I thought I was good. And the stuff that, I mean, my friend and I went through back when we were about 20, maybe 28, we went through all of our old stuff that we wrote when we were in high school. Yeah. And then I went through stuff I wrote when I was in college, you know, and, and I was, I was listening to it and we, we made a compilation of the music. We're like, we've got so many songs that we should at least archive so that we could play it for our kids or whatever for fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, our rule was that we would, we would mix the music quickly like, cause we had it on this old four track recorder. Mm-hmm. And so we quickly mixed it. And then we said, we'll play this and record it until we can't stand it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and we have like 10 second versions of these songs because they're so bad. They did, you didn't they, last more than 10 seconds. Yeah. Some of them are just little clips. It's yeah. like, oh, that was a funny idea, but it's horrible. <laughs> you know, but we thought we were good. You did. But we didn't have the wisdom to know that we weren't good. And that's the key to where someone actually can become good. Someone can actually become great at something only when they know they're not. Only when they know that they need to advance. So you use these extremes, though, when you're you're talking about this. Uh Only. Someone can become good only when they know they're not first yeah at anything at anything because man there are people that are really gifted in things well give me an example well i'm trying to think of one give me an example of someone who's really at the top of their game well but that's different so you're using an extreme again at the top of their game as opposed to somebody that's just really really gifted at this that or the other yeah but the only people we know of in the world like if we want to talk about basketball yeah zion williamson i don't even know who that is freaking monster in the nba right now rookie okay he's a monster okay so he's a monster you mean monster in size also that okay and good very 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 good. good okay so I, I don't watch basketball. LeBron so. would help. Okay, LeBron. LeBron I, okay, got good it. for you to think. Okay, of. LeBron. So LeBron may be amazing at basketball and may have innate talent. Yes. Like he was born. He was born able to play to ball. Yes. Move right. Yes. Able to aim. Right. But LeBron also practiced he intensely, did. He and did. if he didn't practice. He would not have been in the same state. He would not well, have been great. He would have been the kind of guy that's like, wow, that guy's fun to play with. And he can, he can always help our team win, but yeah, that's not, it. I don't want to poo poo on practice, but see, but LeBron James, if he didn't have the humility to recognize that he couldn't do it just naturally, he would never practice and become great. Well, that's an interesting point. Like, and, and that's true. Like the everywhere. great people, the people that are really great are motivated by that fact. Yeah. So, so I, when I was into basketball, it was Larry Bird. I remember Larry Bird. Now, Larry Bird was an amazing player. Yes. And he could hit a three point shot anywhere. Shoot like, the lights out. He could shoot from yeah. the half court yeah. and make it yeah. all the time. Yeah. But do you know how many times he, f- he shot every day? <laughs> He took a thousand free free throws a day. Yeah, yeah. A thousand. Yeah. 
every okay. single day. I would okay. watch videotapes because my dad thought I was going to play basketball in high school. So he would sit me down and make me watch like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and Byron Scott. Okay. He, like these guys would do these videotapes on how to be a better Bird, ball player. Jordan and Scott. Okay. Let's stick with Bird and Jordan. Okay. Do you think honestly that Larry Bird or Michael Jordan ever thought they were good, but they sucked? Yeah. Really? I mean, outside of being a toddler, yeah. Larry Bird, when he thought he was good, was freaking good. See, but he probably, when he was in high school, he thought he was good. But if he had thought, I'm, I'm awesome, I'm so good, I'm really good at this, hmm. and hadn't practiced, hmm. and hadn't taken those thousand free throws, he himself would turn to the camera on these things that I was watching yeah. because my dad wanted me to be a better ball player. Right. <laughs> I would watch these and he would turn to the camera and say, look, it's the thousand free throws that I take every day that make me able to shoot and so make the bass free throws. Okay. It's not that I just can, I, I have like this innate God given gift to put a ball in a hoop yeah. way over there. Right. It's because I practice now. Yes, I have coordination, right? But there's a lot of people that have that same coordination. They just don't practice. So is the, is it's the, humility the the, the essence of greatness is enough humility to recognize that right. you have to practice intensely to get great at what you're doing. So humility is what you're getting at, if I can sum it up quick for myself, yeah. is that humility is an integral piece of greatness. Yeah. If you, if you are If you're too proud to recognize where you're falling short, you'll never correct those deficiencies and you'll never become great. You'll never become even really, really good because innate talent can't get you to the point of really, really good. Innate talent gets you to, you're pretty good, but you embarrass yourself by thinking you're better than you really are. So, okay. you know what I mean? Like it, I, I think maybe my version of you suck at what you do. <laughs> well, it's hyperbole is a comparison between where you think you are and where you and actually where you are. are. Right. And that means that gulf. You kind of, yeah, that gulf is what sucks about. Well, that's that's you. where suck is in the gulf. Right. Right. Okay. And everybody's got. It's not like everybody has like. It's not like I have one thing in life, and I'm either amazing at it or I suck at it, because there's 20 things I'm doing in life. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what what are you great at and actually great at? What are you talented at, but you need to advance and you have the humility to admit that? Mm -hmm. And then where are the areas that you suck? Mm -hmm. You know, and you think you're good enough, so you just keep going on innate talent, but you actually need to improve and, and you're not seeing it. You know, and, and you have to take personal stock of that because I'll tell you, uh, so where do I suck? Because there are things that I suck You ask at. yourself that? Yeah. What am I not actually good at? What is something that you're actually not good at? I'm not really good at being a great, like, present dad. Are you telling me that you suck at being a dad? Maybe. What? Because I'm too busy doing my other things. And I'm so... I, I recognized this the other day, actually, and it was kind of a, a shocker to me. I was looking at a picture of my, uh, so I, I had a, um, a, a studio opening, um, and I had this party and I had my son at the party uh -huh. and I, we took a picture. This is my oldest son. Yes. Got a picture of the two of us. And to me, that was yesterday, right? Okay. In my head, that was yesterday. And I, and it popped up in Lightroom because I was looking for something else. I was looking for like an American flag or something and there was American flag in it. So the AI popped it up. Sure. So I see my son and my son who is now taller than me, 16 years old, was up to my chest and baby faced and just this cute smiley little kid. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have just missed six years. It's been it's been six years. Six years of it, his life. I've realized 
I don't even know where it went. And, and it's not like, you know how people just say, oh, it's been so fast and I don't know where it went. That's what I'm thinking right now, but it's not It's that. more than that because the amount of time that I have spent with him, like doing things together is so minimal because I've been spending time, you know, traveling to shoot weddings or traveling to teach people and whatever. And I just realized I'm, I've missed six years and it went by so fast. And I don't think that I utilized that six years well enough with him. I mean, we're still, you know, good relationship. He's still a good kid. It's not like he's gone off the rails or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I realized that I thought I was better as a dad than I really am. And so that's a place where I have to kick it into high gear and I have to say, okay, I thought I was good because I was paying bills and I was going to church with them and I was reading stories to my daughter at night and I was, you know, so I thought it was good. But then I realized, hmm, I got a long way to go. I've got, I've got a lot more steps to take to be a better dad, a better husband, a better, you know, family person. And so I realized I have to, I have to do some things to kind of shift and make sure that I'm around more. And I actually, um, so we've taken some steps as a family to, to do that. So I'm not traveling as much. I don't think, I mean, usually I was gallivanting all over the place doing one thing or another. Mm-hmm. And I was probably in two places every month. And mm-hmm. But I see your name in a lot of things. Yeah. For a lot of stuff. So I, I move around a lot. <laughs> but as of, I think, October, mm-hmm. I was in town at my house from October through January. Almost for three months. When's the last time that happened? Almost never. Right. But it was because I realized I kind of suck. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I don't think, I think that people are too eager to pat themselves on the back and no one's willing to really look at themselves and say, where am I failing and what are my real problems and issues? They're just not willing to do that. In fact, they have to, most people have to go pay a therapist to try and figure that out. Well, and I hear, as strange as it might sound, mm-hmm. I hear you saying this without shame. I hear you saying it. I'm not saying regret. Right, right. So I define shame as I'm a bad person, not that I just did a bad thing, but I am bad. Sure. I don't hear you saying that. I am bad. Right. I hear you saying that I have done a poor job at X. And in this case, it's being a dad. Right. In particular to your oldest son. Right. Because those six years flew by. And, and, and from your perspective, that picture was yesterday. And really, it's been six years. So I find it interesting that you're just stating a fact. You're not putting yourself down, so to speak, or right. like saying, oh, woe is me. I'm so horrible. And I'm so that the shame piece isn't there. That's not how I'm experiencing it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that shame is a useless emotion. Well, it's easy to say that, but it's why therapists have jobs. True. True. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Because it's so easy for most people. <laughs> you say it so easily. Shame. I don't <laughs> There's no shame in what I'm saying because it's a useless emotion. Well, you know what else is a useless emotion? <laughs> what? <Just> Jealousy. That's <laughs> so easy. It is. It's a stupid emotion. They're, so think, is pride. Think about it. Yeah, they're, so they're, they're all useless and terrible, That's, and yet they, they, they infect exist. us. I know they, they are. They don't just exist. They, they are pervasive. Right. But that's why I think what I'm the way. That's why. I'm going to organize my thoughts here. <laughs> That's why what I'm trying to tell you is is interesting and significant about this conversation that we're having now is because I sense an absence of shame. When normally, when I have someone come to me because this happens sometime and they're and they're and they're talking about where they feel like they have failed or where they feel like 
they that this was something they did bad or wrong or whatever they take that in to themselves right mm-hmm. it's not just merely saying i did a poor job at this and i need to work on that right as a result and they say i did a poor job at this and that means i am bad and they don't necessarily say it but that's what they think and that's what they feel i don't get that from you yeah well Maybe it's simply because you think it's useless to feel that way. I do think it's useless to feel that way. Um, now that doesn't mean I don't ever feel shame at some point, but but at least I recognize that shame does it's not productive. And so the let's take it back to photography. So you're a photographer and you love taking wedding photos because we're in a wedding and portrait convention right now. Sure. And you love taking wedding photos, but you, you just aren't as good as, you know, uh, as Jerry Guiones. There you go. Okay. So he's like your LeBron James. Sure. And so you're not as good as he is. Right. Right. And so you feel bad and you feel ashamed of yourself and you Mm -hmm. think, oh, I'm just, I'm just not as good. And I, I have a really good friend, a very good friend who I think is a fantastic photographer fantastic photographer. He really like, I love his Instagram feed is one of my favorite wedding Instagram feeds to see because it's just beautiful work. Mm -hmm. Right. And he does a great job. And I met him as a student at a workshop that I was teaching. Mm -hmm. And I, I love this guy. It's great. And, uh, I'm going to mention his name because if he ever hears this, I want him to know that (laughs) I think he's great. So his name is cable. And, uh-huh. and he is, um, he's fantastic, but he always gets down on himself because mm. he's not as good as so-and-so he's comparing himself to other people right. and those people, yeah, they're great, but he feels like I'm not that good. So he, I think he feels that shame mm-hmm. or that disappointment in himself mm-hmm. and it's not productive because he's so good. I mean, he has the humility to recognize that he needs to work on stuff and it makes him work really hard, but he's, he's, I've watched him over like five years, just, just blossom as a photographer. I mean, he's just really fantastic, but that shame or that disappointment in yourself doesn't make any sense because it's not, you're not a bad person because you can't take a good picture. You just have to work harder. You have to shoot more free throws. You have to you have to go out and practice and you have to learn and you have to fail. And failure actually is a very valuable thing. You know, Thomas Edison created a light bulb that we all still use because he failed, I don't know how many 9,999 times. A lot suppose, of times. As the story goes, right? Yeah, like a, at least a thousand times he fails. Sure. And his emotion over it was, well, I've learned one more thing that doesn't work. Right. Right. And, and so I think, I think the idea of improvement, because this is really what we're talking about is just the process of improvement. And I think the process of improvement is that you have to a be humble enough to recognize that there's something that needs to improve. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to take constant stock in where you are. And I have to take constant stock on where I am as a dad. And is one of the reasons why it went so long is because you didn't do that. Yeah. For six years, you didn't take, you stepped away, I guess, or you, or you neglected to take that constant stock of that part of your life. And it it just six years down the road, I realized, Oh crap, I should have taken stock of this three years ago or or one, five and a half years ago. Right, 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 right. You know, when I, when I realized that, but, but it's, but it's water under the bridge. It, it is what it is. Right. Like you've gotten to this point and you're not as good as you thought you were. Uh-huh. So then the question is, what do you do with that information? What do you do now? And the, the, the answer is you got to change something. Mm-hmm. You got to practice at something. You got to spend more time at something. You got to, you know, work on that thing, whatever that thing is, whether it's photography or music or business, your yeah, numbers. Business, numbers yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's doing your taxes, whatever. Taxes, <laughs> right. Like you got to work on that thing that you're not good at. And there's there's a lot of things that everybody, I, I suck at a lot of different things, right? I am not good at a lot of things. Things that I would like to be better at. 
I'm good at certain things, but, but I think the, the real challenge in overcoming the suck is being able to look like on a regular basis, look at yourself and say, am I really as good at this thing as I think I am? Now, my wife always, my wife always tells this story and I don't remember this story happening, but I trust her because she's, she doesn't lie. At least I don't think she lies. Good. If she, if she does, she's very good at it. Yes. So, so she tells this story that we were sitting, we were in, we were in our bed and we were getting ready to go to bed or whatever. And I was, I was showing her photos that I had taken at a wedding, you know, that day or I don't know, that weekend or something. And I was just showing her the slideshow of images, you know, the, the best images from that day. And I was showing her and, and she, uh, it's funny that we're on a mic and I'm, I'm showing you with my hand <laughs> and I'm swiping through you an are. iPad. And the funny thing is, is that it wasn't even on an iPad because they didn't <laughs> exist at the time that I was showing this. But you don't remember it anyway. No, I don't remember it anyway. So I was showing a slideshow on my laptop to her. And uh, she she leans over and in, in a really kind and wonderful voice she says, "You know, honey, you're really a good photographer. You're really great at it." And I said, "Honey, you will never think I'm as good as I think I am." <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's what she says. I said. There are so many things about that. Like it's you unpack that one. It's just in my mind. It's like an ex, it looks like a tree. I don't know which branch, <laughs> honey. You will never think like a tree I'm in the dead of winter on a lonely hill. There's like all these tributaries <laughs> for questions and things yeah. that I want. Go for it. <laughs> well, that's it. So, so that was. Me. And, you, and you blacked that out. You, you were like, well, that didn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't right. I didn't that come out the way I should have said that. But but the thing is, is that that's that kind of pride element where you're like, I'm so good at this thing mm. that no matter what other people tell me, mm. I'm just, I'm better than that, you know? And it's one thing to just be inoculated from criticism so that you don't feel bad when you get rejected, that's, that's a different thing, right? Because we all get rejected. Right. Like when we're trying to get a client and they don't choose us, we feel rejected, right? But we shouldn't feel rejected because they just wanted a different thing. It's not like they hated you. They just wanted this work instead of that work, or they wanted that price instead of your price or whatever. Well, to, to speak it, speak of it in a cavalier way, you can just become used to rejection or at least get to the point where you can accept rejection because that's what's going to happen sometime. Right. Right. You, and you have to get to the point where that's okay. Well, right. But it's kind of, yes, easier said than done though. To me, it's kind of like saying, well, shame is useless. Therefore just don't, don't feel just it. Don't feel shame. Correct. You know, like stop it. Turn it off. Just, what are you doing? <laughs> right. I but, think, but know. then, but then the flip side of that coin is, is that you can't get to the point where you care so little about what other people think that you just assume that you're amazing. Right. And that it's kind of like, I, I, I kind of think of like Michael Jackson and he was kind of a, such an odd person. Like he was just bizarre. And I think it's because he never had anyone or never heard, hey, you're acting weird. You're doing weird things. You're Because he was... He was, that's a guy who was amazing at what he did. Yeah. Like he was the top of the top. Like his talent was off the charts, but he didn't have enough people around him that he was listening to that could pull him back down and say, Hey, you know, you need to get this odd nature under control. You need to go see someone about it. You need to, you know, something. Well, he was surrounded by a bunch of yes men and women, essentially. Yes men and women. That were all profiting off of his talent and abilities. Sure. You know, managers and, and, and tour directors and right. producers and like, and all, so all these people just had lots of money to make. Right. From, and they're saying, at the yes, time, this little boy's great. talent. Right. Really. From the 
very beginning. Like yeah, a, he was like kid. six or whatever he was when right. he's when he's just doing these incredible things. Well, and the thing is, is that it, think about what that does to your mind if you go if you go through your whole life from when you were a little kid, and never once does it enter into your mind, or does anyone ever call you or check you on the fact that you're not good at this. Mm-hmm. You're good at everything. Mm-hmm. That's going to warp your mind. How could you not believe it? Yeah, especially right. from that age. Right. And so, but but that's a prime example of if you went through your whole life and never took stock of what you're not good at, if you just always assume you're great, like at what point are you ever going to get over or improve on those places in your personality or your talent or your... Uh, execution that's not good. It reminds me of um, there's a there's a there's a man that I respect named Tim Keller. He's a he's a pastor actually, and he talks about self deception. Mm-hmm. And he says something to the effect that self deception is not the worst thing that we can do as human beings, but he says it is required in order for us to do the worst things. Like if you get to a point where you're self-deceived about whatever, you're literally capable of doing virtually anything. And like you can look throughout history and pull out all the main, sure, you know, the yeah, big yeah, examples. All the evil demons of, of people the, yeah, that sure. were self-deceived. In other words, they they were convinced that whatever they were doing was good, right, or true, or in their best interest, or in somebody else's best interest. Right. When in fact, maybe it was objectively terrible. Correct. So what they did. You know, it manifested in all kinds of horrible things, but initially they had deceived themselves and convinced themselves that something was true when it wasn't. He uses, and he uses a tiny example, and this is so great because I can relate to it, but he's like, my wife and I will be driving down the road and the car will, will make a noise, <laughs> like maybe there's a rattle or something, and my wife will be like, isn't that, that's not normal, is it? And I'll say, it's fine, there's nothing, it's okay. And she'll be like, well, but maybe don't you think we should get that checked? And he'll be like, no, it's not a big deal. And, he'll, and he's like, I'll turn up the radio to not hear <laughs> the, the rattle. rattling coming from the engine. And he'll be like, you know, in five miles, the car will be broke down. <laughs> we'll, be like, well, in hindsight, oh, maybe I should have had that checked. But he'll be like, I convinced myself right. in, my, in my earnestness to convince her that everything was fine when it clearly was not. Right. And that's a small example, but you can take that mindset and multiply it by an order of magnitude. You can do it with anything. You can do it with a personal <laughs> habit that you have and yes. you're like, oh, it's fine. Yes. You know, I'm not, I'm not addicted to this thing. Yeah. I just, I just have a drink every once in a while, right. like every yes. two hours, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yes, you can. You can go that far That's with so it. So true, and it's just self deception. But yes. it's that. It's that I don't have enough um, either willingness to suffer personal um, criticism. I, I'm not willing to take criticism either given by myself or my by my peers, or I'm not humble enough to listen to the criticism, and I just dismiss it. I think a big piece is that we inherently think that I think we inherently as a culture take criticism personally. And that's the shame piece again. Mm. So I don't think people, I don't think that we as a culture or a society are adept at delineating criticism for what it really is. And some of it's because people, some people are really bad at criticizing too. Yeah, some right? people like, are mean, critical people. Yes. They can just be jerks and maybe even intend it to be personal. So I get that. But then even when that happens, you on the other end of that need to be able to see that that person's just a jackass. Right. You know, like I did that. Yeah. Just just, because they're saying these horrible things about me doesn't mean by any means that they're true. But even above that, we have to be able to, I think, or at least it behooves us and is in our best interest to be able to take criticism and separate that from who we are as people. Just because you're criticizing this, that, or the other thing that I did, or even that I said, or my work, or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that I am bad. Right, just By means any that, means. Yeah, it just means that something I did 
didn't work was out sub-par. or was wrong or subpar or, or whatever or, it is or was blatantly bad yeah maybe it was maybe it was terrible there are some people that i know personally that did blatantly bad things and they went to prison for it oh i see what you're saying for 13 years okay went to prison for it okay Right, so I, we're talking, and you would still say that doesn't mean that that person is bad. It would you say that? It well, that person is only bad if they embrace the things that they did that are bad and they love them. And that's they, the self. That's the self deception. Yeah, I mean, because then all of a sudden you're talking about Stalin and Hitler, and, and I see. You know, you're right. going through all of the right. evil demons. Of but don't the, you think that those are perfect examples of people that were self-deceived? To oh, the point I think so. Yeah, they, they, were, were, they were able to commit atrocious acts. Right, and I'm sure that they did things that were bad, but then they embraced the things that they were doing and took them on as a personality. Right. Whereas there's a, a most people who do something that's actually very bad. They don't want to do that again. Yeah. They were mistakes and they're actually good people. And I've seen people rise up from the ashes of bad things and they're very good people Yeah, and they do very good things. But the only way that they do that and the person I'm thinking of specifically in my mind, which I'm not going to mention who it is, okay. but, um, the person I'm thinking specifically of my, in my mind from the day one after he went into prison, day one, he immediately started trying to change who he was yeah. and what he like. So he, he sought counseling in prison. He did like he just became a new person in prison. And so when he came out, he was a great person person and good and kind and and thoughtful and and honest and open about everything and 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 he was a good example of someone who didn't he didn't let shame ruin his life he said i did something that was wrong and i am no longer that person i have changed who i am and i have done everything i can and i've put guards up to avoid those things in my life yes and that's I think that's where shame is. The worst thing about shame is that it it hides us in the shadows. Mm. When we're ashamed of something that we've done or even, and back to photos, like if you're ashamed of your talent or your ability at lighting or your ability, you're, you just don't, and you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Instead of just recognizing that you're just not as good as you want to be. Right that shame puts us in the shadows and we're, we kind of, we don't seek out help and we don't seek out advice and we don't go talk to people about our stuff. We just, we just kind of try and do it on our own. Right. And when you try and do stuff on your own, you don't get very far, very fast. Right. But if you're willing to go out to people and risk criticism and recognize that the criticism is actually helping you to it's step stones to being better and instead of feeling shame and instead of feeling embarrassment when someone criticizes you or anger at their criticism if you embrace it and say hey that's great this guy's telling me that this is a horrible shot and this is why it's a bad shot and it would be better if it had this and I take that and I have the humility to recognize that that information can get me to another level. That's when I start improving. But if I either think I'm better than everybody else and yeah. I don't listen, right. or I'm so ashamed of who I am mm-hmm. that I go hide in the shadows. Or who you think you are, or who rather. I, or right. who I think other people think I right. am. There's that too. Right. You know? Like if right. I, if I worry about everybody else's opinion of me because it hurts me as a person and I feel sad and ashamed and right, you know, then I don't get, I don't seek out advice and I don't seek out help and I, and I just get worse and worse and worse. And that's when I think you, you just become either, I think there's two options. Either you don't have the humility and you self delude yourself right? You, you, you become delusional about who you are and, and all the yes men around you. You're self-deceived. Yeah. Or you become a recluse and you avoid any kind of 
comments on anything you're doing and you avoid it, like you, here's a prime example today. Facebook is ruining our ability to connect and to get better. There are a whole host of people out there that if, if someone tells them something negative on Facebook, they're going to unfriend them and they'll never hear a dissenting voice again. Mm. And the people who do that, the people who can't stand to listen to an alternative point of view, mm. who can't stand a little criticism, are going to wake up one day and realize that their whole life They've been like Michael Jackson listening to yes men and then they're going to get in a real position and realize they don't have any of the thoughts or skills or understanding of the world necessary to, to make it to navigate that part because, right. because they will be little, little flowers that are crushed right. by anything and everything right. that someone says. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what I appreciated about my photo education was I had some amazing teachers who were brutal. Yeah. And they inspired yeah, you about that one guy last. Yeah. Time. They inspired brutal yeah. commentary mm-hmm. inside of the class. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we all became better. Right. And I don't feel shame over things that I made a mistake on. Right. Or that I didn't do well because yeah, I messed up on that or I didn't do as well as I could have, but that's okay. I just need to do better the next time. At the risk of opening Pandora's box, I want, I would like to ask you what your theory is. Cause I'm guessing you have one on why we have gone that way as a society, as opposed to the other way. Is it a reaction to maybe too many people in power or authoritarian positions abusing? Is it an overcompensation? No, I don't think so, because I think that if you look at the history of the world, we have become less authoritarian and more democratized over the course of time. So, like, if you right, go back I mean, in like history socially, and you'll find... Not, I'm not even talking politically, but of course... Well, no, could, but, I'm, but I'm saying, like, we... the. The interconnectivity of the world, the fact that we can all communicate with anybody that we feel like at any point has, has, I mean, think about it. 20 years ago, there were like three voices that you listened to on the TV to okay. get news or information. It was, you know, like your, your major news network. And then you would go to the movies to get your information or your, your entertainment yeah. and you would you would, uh, and then you would buy magazines, right? Right, and books, right? And so it was the publishers of the world that told you what to think and what to enjoy and what to to experience. So we're not even talking political. People magazine, Warner Brothers, and sure. freaking Tom Brokaw. Right. <laughs> so these people were the ones that told yeah. you what was important and what to enjoy and what to think about. Right. Right. And so that was a very authoritarian system for entertainment and information. Okay. In the same way that if you go further back in history, the further back in history you go, the more you get back to kings and despots and rulers of like that, that, that control everything. Sure. And the more we've gotten into a society where we can connect on our own, we can connect from person to person. I can contact, connect to someone in, in Russia or Uganda or, or, you know, Canada or wherever at the drop of a hat at this point I get to choose where I get my information I can go to Netflix and watch a movie or I can just go over to someone's Vimeo channel and and watch a movie that had a budget of five bucks yeah right so I can I can watch anything I desire and I can talk to anybody I desire I can get my news from anybody regardless of whether it's right or wrong whether it's accurate or not And so by doing that, we have, it's like no one has a stranglehold on information anymore. And so I think that the issue is rather than because we're afraid of authoritarianism, I think what really has happened to society 
to get us to, to avoid confrontation is that it's gotten so easy to choose the conversations that we're going to have that we just are so unwilling to face anything difficult that we just choose the conversations that are easy for us. But I wonder if one of the reasons why we are so adverse to facing something difficult, A, because I don't think it's in our nature to embrace that to begin with. I mean, who, who wakes up and says, I can't wait to have painful experiences today so that they can make me better on the other side. Like that's, that's but, not but why how do, we're wired. But why do we think that a conversation where someone is disagreeing with you is a painful thing? Why is well, that? Well, there's different levels of, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about, you know, horrific, horrific trauma type stuff. I'm talking about something as simple as, okay, the, the, the memes that are like, oh, you think you have it bad now. When I was five, I died once. And my mom just said, <laughs> you know, rub some dirt on it. I mean, like, like right. when, when we were kids, like playing sports, to go back to that, like if you got hurt, it was like, shake it off, right. man. Walk it off. And, and, and there's, I think there's utility there. I think that, yes, that can be done well. Right. But I also think it can be done poorly. And I think mm -hmm. over time, a lot of that was done poorly. And so I think an overcompensation would be an example in sports is everybody gets a trophy. Right. You know what? Right. Yeah. Every, you know what? It's, everyone gets it. There are no winners. Right. So I think that's a perfect example of a reaction because the to, coaches were so sad when they didn't get their trophy. Well, so do, they're do just you remember like the yeah. bad news bears movie with Walter Matthau from yeah. the seventies and right. what was it? Tatum O'Neill or whatever. Uh -huh. Like that was like a parody of something that you would think, well, the coach is drunk and he's, you know, he talks, he swears at all the kids and you're like, that would never happen. But it did. Right. It came it from somewhere. It was funny because a lot of us, experienced things like that in the 70s and the 80s sure like that happened right you see something like that now and they even had a remake which was toned down a little bit even, right because it because it almost had to be like well we can't we, we can't, can't show, show something that. That horrific you know right. we can have a beer in the dugout or whatever right. but my point is like that was funny because we we laugh at that because we remember it right right and i wonder if there's just been this overcompensation on the other end, and that as a result, we you miss out on the benefits of criticism because in your mind, and I'm talking about the collective, right? You you can't even comprehend that that's something that is a thing. That yes, you know right. what, hard the school of hard knocks, so to speak, can make me stronger for what it is that I need to face later on in my life. Well, I think you're probably right. I think there's an over overcompensation that people experienced difficulty in the past and so they they're trying to avoid and you avoid it for your kids too right also and, for them like, well, i don't want my kids to have to go through that crap but at some point your kids are going to not the kids are going to so not experience any i, I do not disagree i agree with you 100 percent, and that's what's happening they're gonna at that point you're gonna see kids that just can't handle mm -hmm anybody saying anything negative right. about it even if it's i'm trying to be helpful to you and i'm trying right. to in a good way show you and encourage you how to do it better the, the kid just doesn't comprehend right. that he's not amazing right now <laughs> right which brings us back to that idea that everybody sucks at some point yeah but if if no one's willing to admit that they suck at some point, they'll never get better. So no one gets actually amazing. No can one it, ever becomes great. Can it be? Can it be softened without being weakened? Because that's what's important to me here mm -hmm. with this. Can it be softened without being weakened by saying everybody sucks at some point, and that's okay. Yeah, it's okay that you're terrible at this, that, or the other thing. It, it doesn't it, mean that you are terrible. In fact, it's great. <laughs> It's great because it's true. Yeah, it's great. It's great that everybody sucks at some point because right. that actually makes being great special. It does. It, it does. makes the 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 sweetness of right. going from hey, I'm terrible at this, yeah, or that I'm I want to be good at this, but it's hard. Yeah, and then when you get to the point where you're actually good at it, yeah, it makes that good sweet. It's worth something because you had to right. work at it, like yeah. 
when I first started in photography, the first roll of film I shot was really great. I mean, it was good to the point that I took it to. Aren't you contradicting yourself? Listen, no, I'm not because you got to listen to my story. Okay, okay give me give me I'm two sorry. seconds. On I got to give you another minute. Yeah, give me another minute. So so immediately I was I was amazing, right? Okay, I'd taken these beautiful photographs that I really really. If I look back on them now, they're not all that great. Okay, okay. But but for a first time, yeah. They were fantastic. Yes. Right? Yes. So I was really excited about them. I showed them to teachers in high school, and they were actually blown away. So I had confirmation. They were like, these are really good. Yeah. Right? So I was like, that's it. I'm good at this. I have reached the pinnacle. But you know what happened as soon as I realized I was great at this thing? Yeah. I got bored of it. Oh. And I dropped it, and I didn't do anything with it because I was like, see, I can do that. No big deal. Right. But then I went to college and on a whim, I took a photo class mm-hmm. because I was a, a theater, a music theater major. Um, and so I took this photo class just on a whim and I thought, I'm really good at this. So this should be fun. Mm-hmm. And I spent that whole semester incredibly frustrated because I couldn't match anything I had done before. And so it sucked. I sucked at photography because I was just, I had beginner's luck Mm. when I first took these, took these photos and, and it took me an entire semester or maybe two semesters of photo school before I could even purposefully match what I had done. Okay. With intentionality. Right. And then, but that is what sold me on photography. The fact that I knew I was good enough. I knew that I could do it. I knew I had some innate talent to see. And it was hard. Right. And I got criticism and I had to work hard and I had to, and that made becoming a photographer and becoming a good photographer sweet. Yeah. Because I knew I had talent, but I also knew that it kind of sucked. Right. And I needed to get better and it takes work to get better. So, so I think that anything Anything we want to do better, we have to take stock of it. And we have to realize that we're probably not as good as we think we are. And we need to listen to others and we need to seek out criticism, not seek out praise, seek out criticism Mm. to get better. And if we admit that, if we admit that we're not as good as we think we are and we seek out that criticism, then we can become great. And of course, we have to shoot those free throws over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody does suck at something right now, Jed, you suck at something. I suck at a lot of things, right? Yeah. But, but some of those things and, and some things we can suck at and it's fine. Well, that's most things for me. You know, I'm fine with most of it. Right. I'm fine with sucking at a lot of yeah. things. Like yeah. I pretty much suck at most sports. Sure. Okay. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I also kind of suck at being a dad. Yeah. That's a big one, man. And I, I got to do that better. I, you know? I want to commend, I want to take a moment and commend you. I think it was very brave for you to say that. And I don't, I don't suspect that you planned on it. And, and for me, all the more reason why I'm impressed by it because it's, it's convicting to me because it, my mind immediately goes to, well, where are you at? How are you doing in that department as a dad and even as a husband, right? Like, how am I doing there? I'm taking stock, and I'm going to do this later too. I will take stock in where I'm at there. And I, so I think that, yeah, you can, you can take that concept and apply it to you know, whatever in your life. But if you're applying it to the way that you can light an image and staying there, and not applying it to other things that are probably more meaningful. More important. Well, yeah. certainly more important, right? Like right. A- apply that across the board. And you'll and maybe you'll know that maybe you'll know that you're on the right track when it starts to hurt a little bit. Or when mm. it starts to get 
scary a little bit because maybe you're maybe you really are capable of not necessarily being afraid when you when you take stock of something like how good you are at being a dad or how good you've been at being a dad but that freaks me out a little bit i start to get nervous but at the same time i think to myself maybe that's a sign that i'm on the right track here mm. i don't like it necessarily because i'm afraid and yet that might be one of the telltale signs that it's important. Yeah, uncomfortable is okay. Okay, there you go. There's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable with a direction. Right. Because that shows that there's something to be investigated. There's some there's something that's amiss and it needs right. to be corrected. Well, just like the way it showed up with you, you're like, well, I thought that was just the other day. Right. And then to have the realization that it's been six years. Right. Anyway, I, that was impressive, and I appreciate that very much. There's part of me that, that's probably angry with you for doing that because I'm <laughs> going to think about it. But Well, but you know what? If, if people would have – if people were more willing to be open and honest without shame. Without shame, yes. I think that we would all be in a better spot yeah. as a culture. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I've been to – I have a friend uh, in New York – and his name is Carlos and, and Carlos is the leader of a group. Like he does these, uh, group discussions and it's, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, mm -hmm. but it's, it's for anybody who has an addiction of some sort. It could be any kind of addiction, mm -hmm. anger addiction, uh, whatever. And when I go and visit New York, we usually go to dinner mm -hmm. and usually it's on a day where he's leading this group discussion with people. And, uh, so I, I always tag along. You go to the group? Yeah, I sit at the group and I and I sit in with the group and I listen. And these people at this group are open and honest and they just say what's on their mind. Mm. Without shame. Yeah. Without trying to hide what they they just say, "Look, I'm having a problem with this." Or, "Hey, I'm I've you know, falling off the wagon on that, yeah. or I'm doing great with this. And they're just open and honest. And that kind of a willingness to be, to be who you are and to recognize that you fail in certain areas and that you need help in these areas, they all are better off for it. Yeah. Now, those are addictions and those are di more difficult things that people need to, you know, deal with professionals on and stuff like that. But just in our daily lives, if we're willing to be more open and honest with each other, mm. you know, and have a conversation and even if it's a recorded conversation, say, look, I'm failing on this or I'm not doing well on that. That's okay. Right. It's okay to have the conversations because someone is going to benefit. Well, and you've Hopefully just, it's me, you know, and you've just done you've just performed the first step at improving what it is that you're acknowledging you need to improve. Right. You just performed the very first thing you need to do, which is acknowledging it in the first place. And then you have to do something about it. Right. Right. And that's a hard thing. Right. Because I'm, I have to literally, I'm changing a lot of my career and the way I do things because of that realization. And so the last three months has been a real challenging, like, I don't know how I'm going to do all this because I'm going to have to change things drastically mm -hmm. if I'm not going to be traveling around a lot. I remember growing up that, uh, watching G.I. Joe and they would say knowing is half the battle. I think the other half of the battle is doing. Yeah, that's right. Right? Like, you know, you acknowledge that this is an issue. I failed here. Well, you're halfway there. And I think it's an important step, a necessary step, to know it and to say it, proclaim it, own it. But then you got to, the other part is now do something about it. You got to do something about it. Right. Because if you know it and you don't do something it's about it, it's almost worse. Then shame. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, I do feel shame. I feel shame when I know something's wrong and I don't do something no, about it. No, that's conviction. Then I Again, feel a bit shame of shame. Is, shame is I am bad. This is my, these are Jed's definitions, but I think that they're legit. Mm -hmm. Shame is I am bad. Conviction is 
that is bad or what I did was bad and I need to make it right. I have to do something about it. And I, I think conviction is, is, is amazing and important. I think shame is destructive and is dark and horrible and is, yes. there's never any use for it. That's right. And it's you said worthless. that earlier. It's a worthless emotion. Worthless. <laughs> we'll end on that. And for all those out <laughs> you who feel sh- out there who feel shame. You're not worthless. You're not worthless. Just the emotion the you're emotion feeling. The emotion that you're feeling. Is worthless. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, thanks for this. This is number three in the books. Number three. I appreciate it. Yeah. Third time's a charm. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Have a good one. Yeah.